Well, I hope that you're enjoying this series so far, um, thinking about hope for mental health, right? I don't think as far as churches we talk about this near enough. I think we need to talk about it more and really open up that conversation about mental health because it's all around us. It's in our community. It's in our own homes and our lives. And so as we think about what God says about it, it gives us faith. It gives us strength so that we know how to handle certain situations and how to like really work on parts of our life. And today as we get in here, we're really going to dig a little bit deeper, right? And as we go, maybe it might even make you feel a little uncomfortable because you have to like look in the mirror a little bit and kind of look at yourself and what's what's going on inside your life. So I hope that you enjoy this today. Last week we talked about the battle for the mind and we talked about all types of factors um, that are at work that impact our mind, right? That impact our thoughts. We talked about how original sin, right? Uh, we think, go back all the way to the garden. We see Adam and Eve and sin entering in the world. And we know that before sin came, God had this perfect paradise and everything was great and wonderful. And then we talked about what the Bible says about how sin entered into the world and things began to corrupt. Uh, right? Uh, the Bible talks about how creation groans for the return of the Lord so that things can be put back right again one day. And so part of that uh, original sin impacted our own DNA, impacted our gene pool, right? We get sick, right? Things don't work right. Our bodies wear out. Uh, and certainly uh, mental health uh, comes right along with that. Uh, and so we talked about how our mental health was impacted, our physical health uh, was impacted, and now we can see a lot of these things running in the family, just like uh, we see high blood pressure running the family or diabetes running the family. We know that other things kind of run in the family too, like depression and anxiety and some other things. So we talked about how that impacts our mental health. We also talked a little bit about how our past impacts our mental health, and I want to go a little bit deeper with that today as we think about our past and what it means to. Uh, live through certain things, both good and bad, what that does for our thought patterns and our thinking patterns. And so we're going to take that a little bit deeper. And then we also said what we let into our mind affects who we are, what we watch, what we listen to, like where we kind of hang out and the things that we constantly feed, right? The, the trash that we put in sometimes creates trash in our mind. So we have to be careful of that. Um, and, and then certainly we need to be careful of, about the influences that we allow, right? The world has a different message than what God has, right? The world says things like, uh, you know, take care of yourself and don't worry about anybody else, right? That's a message that we kind of hear from the world, right? Uh, the world tells you to, to take and never to give. And God's always saying, hey, give, right? Bless somebody else. Minister to someone else. The world says, just take care of yourselves. And God's always saying, hey, I want you to take care of other people too. Right? That age-old question, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. You're responsible to, to help your brother a little bit along the way. Uh, the world says, you know, build for yourself this posh life. And then God comes back and says, no, I want you to build a life that honors me. Right? Right? You might have some luxuries along the way. And praise God if you do. Right? But you might not, too, right? The uh, Bible talks about if we want to really have a life, we've got to give it away in a lot of ways. And the world says, always tells us, just do what's easy, 
Right? Do what's easy. If it's too hard, just don't do it. And God, you know, our Father, He's constantly shaping our character by allowing us to go through tough things. And God's always saying, I want you to do what's right, not what's easy. And how many of you know, when you do the right thing, it's not always the easy thing to do. Right? When you step out by faith and God says, I want you to do this thing and it's the right thing to do. And I really want to encourage you to do that. Right? It's usually not easy. Uh, maybe it is in your life, but I found in my own life it's usually not. When God calls me to do something, usually it's kind of hard. He wants to stretch me a little bit. So we talked about that. Today as we think about this, we want to know that if we can change our mind, we can change our life. If we can change our mind, we can change our, our life. So as we think about that in terms of mental health, what in the world do we mean? Well, what do you do when your problem in your mind and in your thoughts is a biological one? Right? Because sometimes it can be. And we don't talk about this much in the church. Your doctor might talk a lot about this or maybe a counselor. But sometimes things in our minds, our thoughts are linked with a chemical imbalance. Some mental illnesses are linked to an imbalance of chemicals. The right chemicals are not talking to each other. Right? And sometimes you have to have that correct. And without the right chemical balance, we see things like depression and anxiety and irritability and rage even sometimes and insomnia, uh, mania, and people who just isolate from others. Right? Other things that can affect our thoughts and our mind are infections. Certain infections have been linked with mental illness. I've actually seen this one a couple of times. Uh, kids who get strep throat sometimes end up with symptoms of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Right? And so they can't get thoughts out of their mind. It's a really weird thing. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to correct. Uh, brain injuries, defects, traumas in the womb, poor fetal brain development, poor nutrition, exposure to toxins can all cause problems in our psyche and in our mental health. Right? And then we talked a little bit about how heredity can produce certain things and, call, and leave us susceptible to certain things. What's really interesting is that you can have like... You can have the genes inside your body uh, that are labeled for depression or anxiety, and those never, ever affect you unless the stress gets high enough to cause those genes to kind of play. I think that's really interesting, right? Some of us might be sitting here today, we've never, ever had to deal with depression or anxiety, and it might be because we've never had that stress level get to that point where it kind of affects us in that kind of a way. So... What do we do? How do we fix that? What in the world are we going to do uh, with our thoughts and, and with some of this stuff? Uh, we can choose to do nothing. We can choose to absolutely ignore it. And sometimes that's what people do. They go through their whole life denying it and living in such a way they say, No, nah, nothing wrong with me. You know, I'm, I'm good. Right? We can medicate it. We can work on balancing the chemicals. We can learn techniques to manage it. We can ask God to heal us. Right? Or we can do a combination of all these things. Right, uh, We can do lots of different things. And you've got to find the right solution that's right for you. But I will say it's always okay to ask God for healing, isn't it? It's always okay to say, hey, God, I've got this situation. I've got this problem. I'm asking you, Lord, to heal my mind, heal my body. Right? Uh, and certainly uh, some of the things that we deal with in this life, we need to just kind of face the hard truth about. Sometimes God doesn't choose to heal us in such a way where everything goes away and our problems go away. I don't know about you, but that would be kind of grand, right? Right? Wouldn't it be cool if you could be like, ah, I got this money problem and I just need it to go away. Could you just give me those winning lottery ticket numbers, right? I'm just going to go to sleep and Lord just kind of put them in my mind, right? 
Oh, yeah, God. Right. I mean, that would be cool if we could do things like that. But God doesn't build our character in that way. Right. Uh, when it comes to finances, God doesn't often give us a pile of money so that we can go out and mismanage it again. But a lot of times he builds our character by letting us work hard for it and helping us learn those right principles of money management. Right. And so the hard things don't always go away. Right. Uh, sometimes God wants to build our character. And so as we begin to look at this today, that's what I want to present to you. How do we manage some of these things? How do we manage our thoughts? What do we do with that? Let's look at what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but instead let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right? So as we look at the scripture today, I want us to break it down in a couple of different parts. And the first thing I want you to notice is those first couple of words here. It says, don't copy. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Right? And as I think about that word, I think about those couple of words, don't copy. What in the world does that mean? Well, it says certainly don't copy, don't be like them. But I think it might even mean, hey, don't compare yourself to them either, right? Because sometimes that will get us down. Sometimes that begins to, to cause the spiral effect in our thoughts. As we compare ourselves to our neighbors, as we compare ourselves to friends, as we compare ourselves to people in the community, as we look out and we say, I'm not like them, I don't have what they have, that can affect our mind. That can affect our mind in a big way. No matter, here's the fact, no matter how hard you work, no matter how smart you are, no matter how blessed you are, sometimes you're just not going to have what everybody else has. Right? I know this is hard to believe we live in America, but life isn't fair. It's just not. Life is not fair. Right? We like to believe that we're all on the same playing field, right? We, we like to believe that we all have the same kind of resources, but the fact is we don't, right? Where we come from, who we are, right? Uh, where our family comes from, sometimes that can impact us in, in various ways, right? Some of you that are sitting here today had to overcome tremendous obstacles just to be right here in this building right now in your right mind, Right? So don't compare, but instead of comparing, learn to be content, right? One of, the, one of the, the factors that will improve your mental health in a big way is just learn to be happy with who you are and what you have. If you're not trying to keep up with other people and you're not trying to compare and you're not trying to copy, you're going to be so much happier, right? If you just are like, hey, God, thank you this morning. I've got a roof over my head. Thank you. I've got food to eat. God, I don't have a lot of money in my bank account, but Lord... Hey, I got enough right now to, to at least get some breakfast, right? I mean, just be thankful for that and don't compare yourself to all this other stuff. So if we keep looking in that scripture, it goes on and it says, let God transform you. Let God transform you. What in the world does that mean? Well, when we become a Christian, there's a transformative work that begins in the life of the believer. Right? The Bible talks about in Ephesians 5 and 26 how we are washed in God's word. 
Right? And then it talks about in 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So as we ask Christ into our heart, He does this cleansing and this transformative work in our lives. Right? It doesn't all happen right away. But that process begins. The moment you say, Jesus, I want you into my heart. Jesus, I want you to change my life. Jesus, here I am. I give myself to you. That work begins. Right? He begins transforming our mind. And how does he do that? Right? By his Holy Spirit living inside of us. Right? Because the Spirit of God, right, thinks the thoughts of God. And he's going to help us to do the same. Then we get into God's Word and we began to look at His Word. We began to understand what His Word saying. We understand who God is and who God says that He is. And we begin to understand who God says that we are. And he, we begin to understand what God says about how we need to live life and how we need to trust and how we need not to try to take it all on ourselves but to live by faith and trust Him. Right, God makes us spiritually right. And as He does this, He's not just working on the spiritual part of us. He's working on this part of us too. What's really interesting about our lives and about our body is everything is very much connected. Right? You don't do any behaviors without thinking a thought. Right? Your thoughts and your behaviors are connected. Right? Your spiritual man, right? The spiritual part of you is connected to the emotional part of you and the physical part of you. Right? If we take your spirit out of your body, guess what? Nothing else is going to work either. You're going to lay there. Right? So everything is very much connected. And in fact, you can be down physically and it can affect you emotionally. You can be down emotionally and it can affect you spiritually. Right? Anybody ever notice that? When you feel all down and depressed, you're going through something. Right? All of a sudden, God feels like He's a million miles away. He's not. He just feels that way. All of that stuff is very, very much connected. So we don't need to copy. We don't need to copy others or try to be like them. But we don't. We also need to allow God to transform us. Right? As we spend time with Him in prayer, as we seek Him, we can begin to see noticeable differences in our life. God begins to change the way we think about things. Anybody notice that? Right? As you, as you go through your life, God changes your mind about things. Right? That's that transformative process that the Holy Spirit does in our life. Then God says, now also I need to change the way you think. Number three, change the way you think. In Proverbs 4 and 23, right, it says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Oh, Right? God's Word is just so full of these truths. Right? We find one truth after another. And if ever there was a truth, it's that one. Our life is shaped by how we think. Right? My thoughts control my life. Every single action always begins with a thought. And as we, as we go a little bit deeper today, I want us to look into our histories together. Yeah, our thinking is impacted by our biology, but it's also impacted by our history. Right? Our past, you might want to write this down. Your past is colors your present. Your past colors your present. Right? You can believe it or not, but we all have a history that has shaped us into the person that we are today. Right? 
whether it's a good experience, whether it's a bad experience. Our past shapes us. It's taught us how to think. It's helped form a belief system that we have today. Right? For example, if you're a kid and you're loved and you're nurtured, right? Your mom, dad really take care of you. Guess what? It's probably going to be easier for you to be loving and nurturing and take care of your own kids. But guess what? If there was this emotional disconnect between you and your parents early on, or you might have a little bit more difficulty connecting. Right? It might not come as naturally for you. Why? Because you have this history of being taught this pattern. Right? Here's the fact. Some of us need to recover. As we think about our minds, as we think about our own mental health, some of us need to recover from our past. Some of us need to recover from those past experiences. Our experience as a child, our experience as a teenager, and some of our adult experiences. Some of our experiences hold us captive. They hold us captive. They keep us from moving forward. As we get into this, I want to I want to bring in a little bit of uh, psychology to educate. You guys know I'm a counselor, you know I'm a therapist, and so I want to educate you a little bit in how God's wired us. It's really cool what God did. So we're wired to last, and we're wired to adapt. God built our brains and our bodies in such a way for us to survive. Right? We survive generation after generation after generation. Because our brains are hardwired and our bodies are hardwired to survive all types of different things. Right? Let me prove it to you. So your mom says to you, you're a kid, hey, don't touch that stove, it's hot. Don't touch it. What do we have to do? We have to touch it anyway, don't we? Because I don't believe what mom said. I've got to touch that stove. And guess what we find out immediately? It's hot. It's hot. It's really hot. And so, the way God created our brains, we began to remember what happened. We remember, we associate feelings with what we see. Whoa, there's a stove. It's hot. Next time I come back in the kitchen, I look at that stove and I remember, it's hot. Don't touch that stove. Right? And if we keep touching the stove, we've probably got more problems. Right? <laughs> right? But this is healthy. This is the way things are supposed to work. When we have that experience, that, that experience that teaches us something, our brain records it and it's supposed to work that way. But some situations are more than just a hot stove, right? Some situations, uh, uh, when we experience them, our brain circuitry really goes into overload. Now, all these different chemicals begin to fire in order to keep us safe. And we get this really big imprint on our brain about this thing that happens, right? And if my brain can't figure out what to do with the event, all kinds of other things begin to happen, right? And I get what we call symptoms, right? I experience anxiety. I have fear, right? I, I, I might have to isolate. I might pull myself back from situations, right? So i give you a, a good example. What if I go out here and I get inside my vehicle and I drive and I have this accident and someone gets hurt? My brain circuitry gets overloaded because of this terrible accident. And now my thoughts begin to come into play too. What if it's my fault? What if I did this? Right? And so my brain begins, it doesn't know what to do with all this information. And my thoughts begin to be shaped. Right? And I have irrational thoughts. They're not right, but they're there. And right now, we're talking about just one single event happening. 
right? I lost my best friend. I got picked on right at school one time. I got picked last for the team one time. Somebody called me a name this one time. It's really easy for us to recover when we have those single events, right? We, we're, we recover much faster. But what happens if an incident is repeated over and over and over and over? You see your parents by every day, right? You're in a bad relationship where a person is emotionally or physically abusive to you every day, right? Or multiple times. Your parent is disconnected from you every day. You get picked last on the team every time you have PE. You told your you don't measure up all the time. Now we have this pattern of experience that begins to shape our thoughts. Right? As we think about changing our life by changing our mind, we got to come to grips with the fact that we have been shaped by a lot of our experiences. Right? So instead of one problem to deal with, the event that happened, the hot stove, now we have multiple problems to deal with. We have what happened, right? The, the neglect, the disconnection, the bullying, being overlooked, being compared to someone. But then we have something really major that we don't think about often. We have this protective factor that we put into survival. Right? I got picked from the last on the last team too many times, and guess what? I just stand back now. I just kind of try to get away from that little crowd. I don't want to be noticed because I'm already invisible. Right? And so we put on these protective layers in order to protect ourselves. And we continue that pattern throughout our life. So some of you sitting here today, you went through tough things as a kid. And now you're sitting here today and you put in that protective layer because you didn't want to get hurt again. And sometimes, sometimes what was very helpful becomes a hindrance to moving forward in life. And then the third thing we do, the third problem is what we lost. Right? We have the problem, but we also lost things because of it. We might have lost that, that social connection because we lost our friend. That need for parental love because our parent wasn't there. That need for acceptance, right? The need for self-belief and self-worth. We can often deal with what happened and we can get over it, right? And we can say, okay, I'm putting that behind me. But what we often don't put behind us is what we put in place to deal with it. So I've got to change my mind. What are some of the things we do? I was trying to think about some of those things and what I see sometimes. What's interesting is we usually do the same patterns of behaviors that we witnessed or experienced. Or we do the extreme opposite. So the child who was neglected in childhood sometimes grows into the adult that's also neglectful. But sometimes they do the very opposite. Right? When you've been hurt, you've been screamed at, sometimes you scream back. And then sometimes you pull back. Right? It just depends on your experience. Sometimes we just avoid, right? That's a, a coping strategy that some of us learn to use. Uh, sometimes people get addicted to various things because it pulls them out of the moment, right? Uh, we develop lots of different patterns in order to keep ourselves safe. How do we change that? Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says this. 
Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I forget the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Right? So, in some ways, I need to forget the past. Right? But if we could look at that for just a moment. I don't know that God meant for us to forget it as to avoid it altogether. To just say, ah, just cut it out of your life. Right? Because that's what we like to do with so many things. But instead, sometimes what we need to do, in order to really get the past behind us, is we have to get it out, look at it a little bit, and work on it, and then put it to bed forever. So it doesn't bother us all the time. So it's not constantly, uh, you know, thinking about it all the time. So the past can be useful in that way. And then we can kind of put it to bed and let it go. Right? So how do I do that? How do I do that? One of the hardest things you're going to have to do is this. You're going to have to gain some self-awareness. Self-awareness. I've got to become aware of what my mind is thinking about. What's going through my mind. Right? I don't know of a, a harder job that you can do is to become aware of who you are. We rush through life and we don't really think about who we are. We, we get up in the mornings and we look in the mirror just for a brief moment, right? Just to fix our hair a little bit, wash our face, brush our teeth, right? We look at ourselves for that moment and then we kind of forget who we are and we keep running. And as we think about our brains and all the different things that come through our, our mind. We don't do much with it. We just kind of let it come in and do its thing. Right? If I go to work and I feel sort of insignificant, I don't do much about it. I just feel insignificant and I keep going. Right? If I go to work and I feel down, I feel depressed, I don't think much about it. I just keep rolling. I don't do anything about it. Right? If I come into church and I'm just right nervous about shaking someone's hand, I don't do much about it. I just don't shake their hand. I just avoid it. Right? Uh, that's going to make me feel too nervous, right? And so we have this pattern. We never really become self-aware of what's going on, right? We just, we live in the moment. And so part of that is becoming self-aware. How do I do that uh, scripturally? First uh, Peter 2 and 21, the Bible says, God caused you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow His steps. Right, certainly in suffering we follow him, but he's also our example in everything else, isn't he? So as we think about patterns in our mind, as we think about thought patterns, we need to look at our minds and our, and our thought patterns against a standard. Right? We need to look at it against a standard. And the Bible says that Jesus is that standard. He is that example. So I need to begin to compare my thinking in a way where I become self-aware. I'm, I, I, if I'm ever going to compare, I need to compare myself to Jesus. Right? If I'm not loving the way Jesus loved, i probably got some wrong thoughts about love. Right? If I don't walk in the same confidence that Jesus walked in, I might have a wrong message in my mind about confidence. Do you know Jesus walked around he was confident? Right. He never doubted when he, he prayed for people. He didn't doubt they were that they wasn't going to be healed or God wasn't going to do the work. 
when he stood up to preach, he preached with confidence. When he ran those people out of the temple, he did that with some confidence, right? He wasn't like, oh man, I wonder what they're going to say today. I mean, he just went for it. He was confident about it. But a lot of times as Christians, we walk around with no confidence at all. We walk around broken people without any kind of confidence because our thoughts tell us that we need to isolate and we need to pull back. But in fact, God says, I want you to be a confident people. Right, so we need to compare our thoughts with how Jesus lived, with the words that he gave us. If I'm feeling afraid and nervous all the time, I need to go back and see what Jesus said about it. And Jesus said, hey, I've not given you the spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid. I've given you confidence and I've given you joy. So if your thoughts are not lining up with the word of God, guess what? I've got to become self-aware of that in such a way that I can do something about it. Right, so that's part of it. You might even get you out a notebook one day sitting at home and just like start writing this stuff down. Huh, at work, I get really nervous about this and this and this. Huh, is this like Jesus? Nope, not like Jesus. There's one I need to work on right there. Right, uh, I come to church and I, I, I feel this way. Is that like Jesus? Nope, nope. Okay, write it down. That's one I need to work on, right? Number two, once we become self-aware, uh, we need to do a little bit of self-reflection, right? And this ties into what I was just talking about, right? We have to ask ourselves, why do I experience this? Why do I think this way, right? If I'm nervous all the time when I get to work, if I'm nervous about meeting new people and, and making friends, is it because that's just my personality or is it because I got picked last with the team a whole bunch of times? And that I feel like the fact that I'm on this team and I'm a part of this team is really taking me out of my comfort zone because I'm not used to being part of a team at all. I'm not used to anybody saying, hey, hey, you look like a good candidate for this position. No, I'm used to people saying, look, man, pick anybody but Sally Mae, right? I mean, you know, we have those experiences. So we need to do a little bit of self-reflection and say, why am I having that experience? What is it about my life? What have I been through? What have I experienced? That makes me think about that. And then here's the last thing. <laughs> I need to do some self-correction. Some self-correction with the help of the Lord. Right? I've got to give myself permission to change. Give myself permission to change. I've got to give myself permission to look at the past. To make, to make some sense out of it. And then put it behind me. Right? I've got to be brave enough to let go of what I thought was helping. Right? We don't change sometimes because we're very comfortable in the mess we have. Even though the pattern of our thought is not helpful, we're so used to it, the, the, the thought of changing that into something better scares us to death. So we stay right where we are. So... Bringing in that self-correction, you've got to have enough strength and bravery to say, Lord, I need your help in correcting these wrong thoughts. Right? So if you bought into to the lie that you're not valuable and that's led you into this pattern of isolation or not ever joining the team or ever doing what God's called you to do, right? It might have you avoiding others, not achieving really your potential, if I'm going to correct that behavior, I'm going to have to begin doing the very opposite of what my behavior tells me to do. Right? Instead of pulling back, I've got to pull forward. 
Right? Instead of not shaking the hand, I just got to go shake the hand and feel the fear and do it anyway. Right? If I'm afraid of, of failing, I've just got to get out there and try. And the more I begin to combat some of that, the more my brain is going to change, the more my thought patterns are going to change. So today, as you think about some of that stuff, next week we're going to get to talking about anxiety and what that means and how we uh, defeat some of that. But today, what do you need to change about your mind? What thought patterns do you need to change? What's really holding you back when we think about our mind? Because our mind is like the seat of a whole lot of things in our life, right? We think the thought, we have the emotion. We think the thought, we have the behavior. We think the thought, we're up, we're down, we're, we're, we're everywhere. It all really starts right here in our mind. So what do you need to change about your thinking? And then how? How are you going to change this? Can you do it on your own? Do you need a friend? Right? We do weight loss together, right? We get on the treadmill and we call our friend. Hey, I'm on the treadmill. Are you on the treadmill today? Right? We keep each other accountable that way. Pick a friend. Hey, friend, I'm trying to, like, get more confidence. Like, I'm trying to, like... Move my life forward. Will you be accountable with me? Or maybe you need somebody, maybe you need a therapist or a counselor that can help keep you accountable and give you some ideas. Right? There's not, not a thing wrong with that. How will you do it? you got to get a plan. Right? What would happen in your life if your thoughts were the way they need to be? How would your life be different? I think this is a... A, a real good thing to think about this week. How would my life be different if I had the confidence that Jesus had? If I didn't fear like Jesus said, don't be afraid. If I didn't worry like Jesus said not to worry. Right? If I trusted like Jesus said to trust. If my thoughts were right, how would my life be different? I guarantee you that it would. So I want to leave you with that thought today. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you, and Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, uh, Father, for just uh, speaking to our hearts today as we heard uh, this message. And Father, I just ask that um, you would help us, Lord, to be self-aware. Help us to begin to think about uh, what's going through our minds and how we're thinking about things and processing things. And Lord, help us to know what to do with it. Help us, Father, to know how to make some of these changes. And Lord, we love you and we thank you so much today for that. Amen.